0: Talks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This life science-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing Medtronic insulin pump recalls and how researchers stumbled upon an arthritis vaccine just in time for World Arthritis Day. Enjoy the show.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Life Science Podcast. I'm Sarah Hand, Editor-in-Chief at xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Aisha Rashid, Sydney Perlmutter, and Mira Nabolsi. Thanks for coming today. Aisha, I'll pass it on over to you, and you can start us off with some stories to discuss. Sounds good. Thanks, Sarah. So today
2: is actually World Arthritis Day, October the 12th, Uh, probably will be past when you guys, uh, for people listening in, Um, but this year's theme is Don't Delay Connect Today, And that was initiated by the European Alliance of Associations for Rheumatology. And the theme, uh, Don't Delay Connect today, is basically to help raise awareness around the early diagnosis of rheumatic and musculoskeletal diseases like arthritis. Arthritis is a chronic disease that afflicts one in four Americans, and millions uh, in the U.S. suffer from it. Now, interestingly, there could be soon a path to prevention of the disease because just last week, uh, a study came out where researchers stumbled upon a vaccine for inflammatory arthritis. Um, The study was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. And the experimental arthritis vaccine was developed by uh, investigators at the University of Toledo. And it's being touted a major breakthrough for inflammatory arthritis um, conditions, such as in rheumatoid arthritis, as well as other autoimmune diseases. So the vaccine was tested in animal models and showed strong and long-lasting immune responses, conferring protection against the disease. As I mentioned, rheumatoid arthritis is a type of inflammatory arthritis in which uh, the body attacks its own tissues, and it's one of the most common and debilitating um, autoimmune disorders. It often affects the lining of joints in the hands, wrists, knees, and ankles. Currently, there is no cure or prevention for the disease. So, this vaccine is certainly welcome news. The new investigational arthritis vaccine uh, against inflammatory arthritis is based on a protein called 1433 zeta, and this is involved in. Um, in various signaling pathways in in cells, and um, and that may have may be involved in um, immune responses. So, fourteen zeta is an autoantigen, which means that it is an endogenous antigen found in the body that triggers an immune response um, in the body. So, researchers at University at uh, the University of Toledo, led by lead investigator Dr. Ritu Chakravarti, uh, decided to investigate this protein as a potential trigger for rheumatoid arthritis, given its role as an autoantigen. However, what they found was the opposite, where the protein was actually protective against development of arthritis. They found that removing it uh, using gene editing led to severe early onset arthritis as well as bone loss in rat models. So, finding that this particular protein was protective against um, rheumatoid arthritis, the researchers then developed a protein based vaccine using purified 1433 uh, zeta protein. And they found that the vaccine during the pre symptomatic phase of the disease in the rat models led to significant suppression of arthritis in both the wild type and the 1433 zeta knockout animals. Uh, It increased anti 1433 zeta antibody levels, collagen production, reduced joint inflammation, and also promoted good bone quality. So this was a surprise, a happy surprise, uh, said Dr. Chakravarti in a news release from the University of Toledo. Um, She said that they happened to hit a wrong result, but it turned out to be the best result. And those kinds of scientific discoveries are very important in this field. And indeed, the unexpected finding of the protective role of this particular protein in inflammatory arthritis has now led to a preventative arthritis vaccine. So uh, again, as um, Dr. already said, it's it's great how sometimes the unexpected discoveries lead to the most fruitful, fruitful results. The researchers have filed for a patent on their discovery and They're looking for pharmaceutical industry partners so that they can begin preclinical trials to evaluate the safety and toxicity profiles of the vaccine. Um, And so, yeah, on World Arthritis Day, I thought this was sort of a nice development to, to to talk about and to report on. Just wanted to get your your thoughts on this. We hear a lot about arthritis and how it's a chronic condition and, it's, you know, people suffer quite a lot and it's, um, you know, there's no cure or prevention, but now we might have a prophylactic vaccine, which is great news.
1: Yeah, I think this is really great. It sounds like they're in, you know, obviously the very early kind of discovery mm-hmm. stages. And as you say, they're looking for, uh, partners in the industry to further develop the vaccine. So I guess it's likely we're, you know, at least a decade out from actually getting this if it shows more promise, um, you know, to the people who need it. I, I wonder who the patient population would be for this because it's like a preventative, if this would just be something that would be given to um those who were older and more at risk of developing arthritis, or I wonder if it'll be something that would be recommended for people, you know, over a certain age to begin Mm -hmm. with. Um, I think that'll be an interesting um, thing to follow with this this vaccine.
2: Yeah, that's a good point because, um, you know, the root causes of of arthritis and other rheumatic conditions aren't entirely known. Um, So it might be just um, something that Perhaps um, people over a certain age might be offered. And um, also to take note is that this specific vaccine um, was developed for inflammatory arthritis. So there are mm. other types of arthritis for which this may not yeah, be applicable, such as osteoarthritis uh, or psoriatic um, arthritis. So that's another thing to keep in mind. But good point about the uh, exact patient population that mm. this would benefit yeah, my dad has arthritis, and mm. I've watched
3: him like for many years try and uh, treat it with either medication or topicals mm. or multiple things, and nothing has really, you know, helped it to the point where it doesn't really impact his 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 daily life. And and as he ages, it's 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 even getting worse. Mm. So um, yeah, this this vaccine is. Um, really, I, I honestly never thought there would be a, a vaccine for, for arthritis. It just doesn't seem like, um, you know, one of those things that, that, that would have been, uh, like, you know, come to fruition. But I'm really happy to to hear that. And hopefully, with time, um, you know, various types of arthritis will be uh, covered sort of by the vaccine.
4: I was just wondering, in your article, you said they stumbled upon the vaccine. So like, is that Is that something that happens often, especially with something like this? Is, like, they accidentally did something and then they found this new discovery? Or were they studying... Um, arthritis. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: I mean, they themselves are, you know, all the reporting around this was that, oh, they unexpectedly found this Mm -hmm. um, discovery. It's more to do with the discovery than the actual vaccine. Basically, the groundwork that led to developing the vaccine. So, basically, when they looked at this protein, they just found an unexpected result to you know, it was opposite to their hypothesis, basically. So that's why they're kind of saying that they didn't have plans per se to develop a vaccine, but because they stumbled upon more so the discovery of this protein being implicated in the disease. And then based on that, they that led them to a vaccine. So I guess the whole thing was um, unexpected. And th- that's where that stumbled upon comes from, because it wasn't in the plans yeah. to develop a vaccine
4: yeah, because like Sydney was saying, like a vaccine for arthritis, it's an interesting vaccine to develop, but it's cool mm-hmm. to see that this is being developed, right, to try and prevent it. Because a lot of people do get, you said one in four Americans, that's a yeah, lot of people. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. 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 I was just
1: going to say, sounds like this protein, they were studying it, right, in the context mm-hmm. of rheumatoid arthritis, but they didn't expect it to have a protective Effect. Right. They expected to find that because it's an autoantibody, it, you know, increases inflammation or something yeah. like that and to understand the disease pro- process further. So I think that's one of the problems with this disease area and a lot of disease areas, but, um, our understanding is pretty limited and I think that's why it limits like preventatives and treatment options and things, um, so, yeah, like like the investigator was saying, this is one of those like happy accidents in science where you're mm-hmm. expecting one result and you get another and it's actually, um, it's better, you know, than you could have anticipated. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like if
2: you, you know, just in these kinds of scientific discoveries, sometimes, you know, are accidents. I think it kind of reminds me of how the enzyme for PCR was discovered. I think it was just like, Um, a biologist studying enzymes, and then he found this enzyme that could thrive, that thrives at, um, very high thermal temperatures. And so I, I remember when I was, you know, in, in grad school, it was kind of like, I was doing cancer biology and and everyone's like, yeah, we're going to find the cure for cancer, but that's not the mindset you, you have. It's more pieces of the puzzle mm. that we're, we're all working on. And mm-hmm. sometimes those unexpected discoveries that we think are failed results, they could lead to something else. So mm-hmm. I think it's so important. And also in science, it kind of suffers from that where we're always trying to um, or just looking to report the positive results mm-hmm. that fit the hypothesis. And then I think it's called like the file drawer effect or something where we just shove all the negative uh results into drawers which could be uh useful so i think this just goes to show that we should be accepting of uh, all of science
1: whether or not it fits our hypothesis or not in cases so
0: Mm -hmm. that's a really good point yeah Yeah. the
1: the bias of journals only publishing you know positive results i think uh well, yeah, I remember years ago having that discussion as well and reading a lot about it, and I don't think anything's really changed since mm. then. Um, so I think that's that's too bad. But you're right that you have such a granular focus, and, and it's such like a um, small scope of what these individual researchers are looking at in the context of something much larger, like you said, in terms of cancer or arthritis mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Uh, and this is one of those instances where studying this one particular protein has Um, you know, may result in an actual prophylactic treatment for, uh, for this horrible uh, disease. So I was going to ask actually, Sydney, um, what kinds of treatments your dad has, has tried? Because I know about topicals. I think sometimes there's also like injectable treatments as well. Is that something?
3: Yes, I have. I I remember in my childhood, like watching my dad, like, like give himself like a shot of some sort wow yeah and but he's on various uh like medications for it Mm -hmm. um and he is he has a psoriasis so he uses topicals as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh but yeah like I said it's never been anything like that has cured it or treated it to the extent where he doesn't have to worry about it anymore it's kind of an ongoing thing and you would think that you know with so many people that have arthritis, that there would be like more reliable, better treatments. But I feel like it's just one of those things where it really affects people very differently. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to try many different treatments to find what works for you. And often you have to use multiple at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people with arthritis, I think, too, have, you know, their good days and their bad days as well. Mm. So it flares up a lot and it's very inconsistent. Yeah. yeah
1: much more disease management than than anything else, right? I think the other part of the story that will be interesting is to see um you know which companies they end up partnering mm-hmm. with as well. So if they go with like a um a larger pharma company like Gilead or or a smaller like biotech, I don't know, it'll be it'll be interesting to follow the story in that way too. Absolutely. They yeah, it
2: sounds to me they probably have a lot of suitors.
1: Mhm. <laughs> I can imagine.
2: Yeah. And hopefully, I know you mentioned, him. you know, we might be 10 years away from this, but
1: hopefully we're not that far. (laughs) Um,
4: Yeah. And maybe like we
1: talked about in previous episodes of the podcast, you know, the the speed at which the COVID vaccines were mm-hmm. um, developed and approved um, might sort of set a precedent for uh, for future drug development and vaccine development. And, and in some other areas as well that we've seen great unmet need, like in, uh, in Alzheimer's and that sort of thing. So who knows, maybe we'll see the regulators removing some of the quote-unquote, unnecessary red tape from the drug development um, process, and and maybe we'll see faster approvals in the future. hope so.
2: So the next story I wanted to talk about is a recall story. So Medtronic, which is a medtech giant, uh, continues to face issues over its insulin pump. Insulin pumps. Um, precisely, it recently expanded recalls uh, on two of its insulin pumps, um, and one of them was over cybersecurity uh, concerns. So, Medtronic has expanded specifically a Class One recall of remote controllers used with the MiniMed 508 insulin pump or the MiniMed Paradigm family of insulin pumps over these cybersecurity risks. And uh, Medtronic has also expanded another class one recall of the retainer rings on its 600 series insulin pumps. Now, class one recalls are the most serious type of recall, according to the FDA, because using the devices could cause serious injuries or even death. Now Medtronic's remote controller recall affects devices that were distributed between August 1999 and July 2018, so it's quite a uh, wide time frame. So far over 31,000 devices have been recalled in the U.S. Uh, so the remote controllers are being recalled over potential concerns of cybersecurity. So this means basically that unauthorized people, meaning someone other than a patient, a patient's caregiver, or healthcare provider, could uh, possibly hack into the devices to record and replay wireless communication between the remote control and the mini-med insulin pump. And then using specialized equipment, the authorized user could potentially instruct the pump to either deliver more than the required amount of insulin to a patient, which could cause hypoglycemia, or stop delivery altogether to cause hyperglycemia. Uh, And both, of course, which could have um, very serious consequences, including death. Now, patients who have never programmed a remote controller ID into, into the pump and have never programmed the easy bolus option won't be impacted by this potential security breach. So the remote controllers were initially recalled in August 2018, and as of July 2018, Medtronic isn't producing or distributing these remote controllers anymore. Now, moving to Medtronic's 600 series of mini-med insulin pumps, um, that recall uh, was initiated in February of 2020. Now that recall has been expanded um, Uh, recently by Medtronic as well. So the retainer ring helps lock the insulin cartridge in place in that specific pump's uh, reservoir compartment. And if it isn't locked in firmly, the device could under or over deliver insulin. So again, the same concern with the other um, cybersecurity breach, basically um, deregulation of insulin uh, delivery. The Medtronic recall for its 600 series insulin pumps affects over 460,000 devices distributed between 2015 and 2020. So Medtronic said in a statement that it's going to replace any mini Med 600 series insulin pumps um, that has this defective clear retainer ring, and it's going to uh, replace it with an updated one at no charge. Now, uh, going back to the remote controller uh, issue, the FDA said that they are not aware of any reports of any cybersecurity risks associated with the remotes um, as having caused any specific harm to patients, which is good to hear. So Medtronic, of course, has begun notifying people who may have bought an an affected remote controller for the MiniMed 508 insulin pump or the mini-med paradigm family of pumps. And the company has advised uh, consumers to stop using the remote controller immediately and to disconnect um, the bolus feature from the insulin pump. Um, so Medtronic has kind of been plagued with this, these kinds of recalls. Uh, just last month, it recalled an implant to treat Brain aneurysms over a potential uh, break during its placement, retrieval, or movement. So, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. I was, per- you know, particularly intrigued by the cybersecurity risk associated with the remote controller um, with one of the pumps that uh, Medtronic is uh, recalling, or it's recalling the remote controllers, because we talked about cybersecurity risks in. Uh, The food industry uh, recently, so this was quite interesting that how that something similar
1: could affect uh, medical devices. Mhm I think it's very scary and I think again this is one of those topics that's been coming up for the last couple of years about um cybersecurity security concerns around medical devices and with devices becoming increasingly connected and that whole idea of the internet yeah. of things um you know what kind of protections are being put in place to um to protect patients I think the other scary thing about these type of recalls and you know recalls in general is um it always really feels like it relies on you know you as a consumer to have stumbled upon this so obviously this has been published in multiple you know places and i'm not sure if patients are being contacted but it just seems with all of the like Um, consumer purchasing data that companies have now, it seems like there should be a much better way to contact people directly about something as serious as this. Uh, Even when we talk about recalls in the food space as well, I always think like so many people are using their in-store loyalty cards and that tracks your purchases. If there's like a recall on you know something you purchased recently, I feel like you should get some sort of automatic email. I'm always surprised that that hasn't been set up, but I wonder if there's some um there's some use of data there that's not uh, not allowed or something uh but yeah, that's always what stands out to me with these recalls is it it kind of relies on you to come across this and then take action yourself. That's so true because, you know, even with like pharma
2: recalls, I remember recently Mm -hmm. there was a recall on blood pressure medication and Mm -hmm. I just happened to see like a little headline on a ticker, you know, on TV and I was like, oh, okay, let me look into this uh, for my mom and lo and behold, uh, her batch, uh, the batch that she had was affected. So it's like if I hadn't, you know, it's, yeah, I totally agree that the recall system or process uh, or lack thereof, um, needs a lot of improvement in terms of um, companies directly contacting consumers. And I think here Medtronic did say that it has um, started to contact and notify consumers that bought the um, affected remote controller mm-hmm. for, one, for the 508 series insulin pump, the mini med pump. Mm. So that's pretty good, but mm-hmm. um, I think we need to see more of that for sure.
1: mm mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I even, I saw a recall, same thing on like the ticker of like a a news channel Mm -hmm. um, that Advil cold and sinus was, or a few batches of it were being recalled Mm -hmm. for switching the day and the night pills.
4: Mm -hmm. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: But had I not you know, been at the gym watching the little screen at that time, I wouldn't have seen that. And I would have maybe yeah. been extremely drowsy during the day if I had yeah. and wanted to take that. It's like, it's so true. There's not really like a universal way of, of contacting people mm-hmm. and making sure that you've contacted every single person who's either purchased something or were prescribed uh, medication and let them know that, you know, that this is not functioning how it's supposed to. Um and yeah, I think m- like medical devices is is just like another one of those very vulnerable industries mm-hmm. in which cybersecurity is extremely important because mm-hmm. it affects the health and well-being of, of people. And mm-hmm. um yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 after a breach, like lots of money and resources were lost to try and like, you know, save people's lives or make sure that they're not um, you know, using what they're not supposed to be using so yeah it's really sad how you know hackers like plague these really important industries but they they select it carefully because they know that it's it's vulnerable
4: mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say like with this news for example it's a 10 10 years of people buying yeah this, mm, which right. is like which is more than just you know walking into a, a, like a pharmacy and buying like the advil right it's like mm-hmm. 10 years of this device that's been use that's a lot of people to contact and finding them. Like in ten years, you know, your phone number can change, your mm-hmm. email address can change. It's it's a big gap. So uh, yeah, it's that's what that's what's worrying is there should be a universal way to contact people that have bought something like a medical device or like a um something like this um more easily, I think. You know?
1: Yeah, I wonder if one thing they're kind of betting on is the fact that in this case, someone, a diabetic person is likely being like monitored quite closely by their healthcare mm-hmm. provider and, and going to the pharmacy often enough to pick up insulin, um, that in those places, they'll be informed of the recall. I, th- I guess that's the hope is that you're going mm-hmm. to your doctor's office and they let you know. I don't know if that's really the case. Um, I mean, when I think of just like general consumer recalls, like at the grocery store and you go through the checkout lane and there's like a taped up piece of paper about a recall on something Um, I wonder if that's something similar that they do at the pharmacy counter for something like this or or at the doctor's office Uh, but again it's yeah it's sort of relying on these all of these different practices whereas you're right it would be great if there was some sort of um, standardized like reporting system to let everyone know as best they can that that your device might be affected. Okay, well, that's the end of this episode of the Talks Life Science Podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you all next week.
0: Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find Xtalks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more.